Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. Jesus girls, welcome back to the show. I'm Pam Ramey and so happy that you've joined us because we have got such an awesome show today. You are going to be encouraged and equipped, promise, promise to live your life overflowing with destiny and purpose in your spirit, in your mind and in your body because God wants us to thrive in all three areas of our lives. At the end of today's show, we're going to make a powerful declaration over our lives, as we always do, and I am going to share a really easy-to-do stretch that will release tension from the back of your thighs and also in your hips and your low back, so stay tuned for that. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when we're not listening to, you know, maybe an instruction or direction that God is giving us and how that can sometimes lead us on a path, a downward spiraling path that we've got to then find our way back from. And to talk about this today, I am super, super excited to welcome a beautiful woman who I'm ju- I've just recently begun to get to know Tara Rouse and she is an awesome Jesus girl. She is filled with the fire of the kingdom. She is a wife to her wonderful husband Mike and together uh, they have seven beautiful children as they have blended their family they recently moved from Florida to Georgia and so we got to meet at Abiding Church in Woodstock Georgia because we're going to the same church and Tara it is so awesome having you here today girl thank you Pam for having me it is a blessing and an honor to be here thank you (laughs) well I'm excited to share your story about bit of your story story with our Jesus girl. So I'm going to just turn that right over to you, Tara. Okay. Um, so I guess for a little background, um, I was um, raised up in a Catholic church up until I was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Catholic church is, is somewhat legalistic. Um, and it's, it's more of a religion, in, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. and really getting to know the Lord. Um, my mom felt the same way and started seeking out um, other things like, mm-hmm. where, you know, where to find the Lord in, in an, another church. And, uh, we ended up in a Pentecostal church. Well, there's a 180. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the Pentecostal church I went to was great, um, and everything, but there was a lot of legalism there. And so I really just kind of, um, grew up believing that, you know, God was kind of hard. Um, and you have to just walk a straight line or if you get out of line, you know, he's not going to be too happy. And I always had the sense that, you know, I had to keep giving my heart to the Lord over and over again, like every weekend down at the altar. You were down at the altar. I, you know, I've been in that season myself. And so how did you get there? How did you get to that place, Tara? 
um, just uh, as a teenager, you know, I would I would get a sermon and then, you know, I would go down the altar, I'd get saved and, and think everything was good. And then mm-hmm. somewhere during the week, I, you know, the devil would come in and, and get me to do something. And, you know, then I end up back at the altar the following weekend. And so it was just a cycle. And um, my real breakthrough, um, where I really, you know, I believe I was saved back then. But I think my real breakthrough time was um, years later, um, I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I was in a really broken place and, um, I was desperate for God. I was desperate because mm-hmm. my heart was broken and I was, you know, I had, I had, you know, two kids at the time and a baby on the way. Mm. And so I just didn't know what I was going to do. And you're alone. I was alone. Mm-hmm. Boy. And so, uh, you know, I just really started reaching out to God and he really, really showed up in an awesome, powerful way. Mm. And, um, I got to know him. And for the first time in my life, and it wasn't, you know, any, it it was just, I actually got to know him and I would be in my Bible every day and praying and reading the Bible. And it was just awesome. He just took me through a really awesome time. You entered into that intimate relationship with your heavenly father. Yes. And, um, so after several years of that, um, I kind of got to this place where I started feeling like maybe, you know, I should get back out, start you know, maybe trying to get in some kind of a relationship because I had been mm-hmm. single now. This, this, that I was single for about five years at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the Lord had told me, you know, I'm his and he wanted me to just stay in that season of mm-hmm. singleness. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't give me a time limit, but um, after a few months, I'm thinking, well, is that time limit over? Like, can yeah. I go out and start dating? So, I started taking matters into my own hands mm-hmm. um, because I, I wasn't a spiritually mature Christian at mm-hmm. the time. I did know the Lord and he had brought me into some awesome places. But as far as learning about taking your thoughts captive and right. not, you know, like stopping it right then and there. when Right then and there. You know, I should have stopped it right then and there because he told me no. He mm-hmm. said not now. And I should have just waited till I got a green light and I did not. Mm-mm-mm. So he told you no, and so then what, did you start dating? Yes, and um, so I started going out dating, and um, uh, it wasn't like, you know, I kind of just felt like, you know, well, you know, I'm going to help God along, you know, and, and I'll kind of, you know. <laughs> Don't we all do that yeah. sometimes? God, yeah. could you, we ju- I just want to help you out a little <laughs> bit here, because I think I have a better idea yeah, exactly. <laughs> for my life. Yeah. And, um, and that wasn't the the deal. And he, he warned me because I went out with a, a, a guy that loved the Lord. Um, and, um, on our third date, he tells me, you know, I hate to do this, you know, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but God's telling me that I have to walk away from this because you're his. That is such a, <laughs> you know, that's a great story. It's kind of funny. It is. You know, God has a sense of humor. He has mm-hmm. a way of reeling us back in. And, you know, Tara, that reminds me of that scripture in Second Corinthians 10, where it says that the weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world, but, you know, that we have to, as it skips down to the bottom of that verse in 10.4, it says that we have to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Yes. And so, and I know I've certainly been here, Tara, but had you taken that thought captive that said, Oh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, God really wasn't that serious about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've played, had those conversations in my head, (laughs) then you would have had a different outcome. Yes. Right. Yes. And, um, I didn't listen. And, um, 
even after that, you think I would have been like, okay, God, I'll, I'll listen now. And, um, I just kind of got angry and because I saw my friends all, you know, married or in, you know, relationships, they were going to, you know, get married, whatever. And I'm thinking, am I going to have to be single the rest of my life? You and know? you're, fe- and you were feeling left out I felt and left you out. were lonely probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, you know, and I have these three kids and I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I kind of was getting a little angry towards God and, mm-hmm. With all that, I, you know, when you start compromising, it starts off small and then it starts Always. getting bigger and bigger. And so compromise started entering in. And, um, you know, so I basically just kind of got into rebellion mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but anyhow, through all that, um, I finally woke up one day and was like, I don't know how I got here. I'm, I'm away from God. Mm-hmm. And, um, slip back into things that, you know, I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just shows you that like, you can really be spending a lot of time with God and be on fire for God and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but if you let your guard down, don't think that you're going to, you know, be immune to anything the devil's bringing at you. He can, he can come after you. He's subtle. Very. He's subtle. And he doesn't come just to give us a bad day. Right. He comes to kill still and destroy every good thing in our lives. Right, Tara? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's what he was doing. And so I came to a place where I, I finally woke up and I'm like, I need to get back to God. And when I got to that place, I realized that he was no longer pursuing me. And when I had, when I was a teenager, I would always feel God pursuing me when mm-hmm. I would get off track. And this time I didn't feel it. And I was like, uh-oh. What was that? How did that feel? Like, what was that like for you? Can you describe that where you felt like he wasn't pursuing you? It was it was scary. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because I was like, did I do the unpardonable sin? Mm. And um, if you go online and you read stuff, because I was, mm-hmm. it, it can sound that way. And mm-hmm. I was really starting to feel condemned. Mm-hmm. Um, and a spirit of condemnation definitely came on me. Such a ploy from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And um, I started feeling that way because I'm like, why am I not feeling anything when I read the Bible? Why am I not able to get into prayer like I used mm-hmm. to? And what's going on? Why can't I get this, you know, the forgiveness that I want? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because that, that, I mean, I was, I was on my face crying mm-hmm. out to God literally every day mm-hmm. for years. Just mm-hmm. like this place where I was crying, like, please forgive me, please forgive me. It was like a broken record. And he would give me little moments of, you know, mm-hmm. where I'd feel his presence and I'd feel, you know, he'd give me a word. Mm-hmm. He gave me a really, on a side note, this is really, really sweet, but you think it would help me, but it didn't as mm-hmm. much as you think it would. But um, I remember he was telling me he wouldn't forsake me. He wouldn't leave me nor forsake me. I got that in my head and mm-hmm. I knew it was from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and I started thinking about the word forsake. And Mm. I was just like, what does that really mean? You know, I mean, I know what it means, but I just kind of felt led to go get the Mm -hmm. dictionary, you know, definition of what forsaken means. Yeah. And it wasn't about the the definition. It was what the sentence that was being used for Mm. forsaken. And the sentence read, he would never forsake Tara. He would never forsake Tara. (laughs) It was my name. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, and so, mm. like, he was giving me little things yeah. here and there to keep me from 
really feeling condemned. And you know, it's, uh, I love that so much, Tara, because that right there shows us how much he was pursuing you, yeah. though you felt like he wasn't. I felt like he was He not. wasn't pursuing you. Per, he was pursuing you. And isn't it sweet how he has so many different ways to get our attention? I remember you were sharing uh, a dream with me mm-hmm. that God used uh, to show it really to show you how profound his love is for you and how he how profoundly he has not forsaken you maybe you yes. can tell us about that dream yeah I had a dream that I was on a, a lake in a boat and in the dream I was just very depressed and I, I almost like suicidal and I'm not sure if in the dream that's what I was doing like I was jumping out of this boat and Mm -hmm. I just know I was sinking into this deep water Hmm. and all of a sudden Jesus shows up and pulls me out of the water. (laughs) He brings me to shore and he just goes and just and blows life into me. Wow. And, and it was so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it, and it actually, when I read Psalm 18, it's in Psalm 18. And it talks about how he delivers us from the deep waters. Maybe you could read that for us. Okay, all right. Let's see. I think that is. It the- says in, in 16, he mm-hmm. reached down from on high and took hold of me and he pulled me out of deep water. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from those who hated me for they were too strong for me. Mm. And that's, that's kind of um, where I want to, what I want to talk about because mm-hmm. Like you said, he was pursuing me, but I couldn't feel it. You couldn't feel it. You know, I felt this heavy oppression on me. Mm-hmm. And I know that because, you know, years ago, I'd given my heart to the Lord. You know, my house was was cleaned out. Holy Spirit came in. But when mm-hmm. I allowed sin to come back in my life, now I got seven spirits more wicked than the first coming around me. Mm-hmm. Not in me, not possessing me, mm-hmm. but oppressing me. Oppressing you. And I really believe that that's... I opened the door for that. And, um, and so God was just showing me that in that scripture mm. that he came down and rescued me because my <laughs> enemy was too strong for me. He was too strong for you. I couldn't fight it on my own. Like I was trying, I was doing deliverance prayers and, and things like that, but I wasn't getting the realization mm-hmm. that Psalm 18 talks about, which is that he's our strength because I was feeling very weak at that time. Mm-hmm. And, when I start understanding it's his strength, mm-hmm. you know, and I started saying, when I am weak, he is strong. <laughs> when I am weak, he is strong. strong. And I just, even now I feel the power of God just moving in me and the spirit of God yeah. rising up in me. And he's the one who defeats our enemies. He defeats our enemies. I just feel the Holy Spirit all over what you're saying right now, Tara. And I think somebody needs to hear that word today, that wherever you feel so completely and utterly defeated, where you feel worn out, where you feel tired, where you feel like you don't even know how to put one foot in front of the other, that God is fighting for you. He is fighting for you. He is fighting your battles no matter what they are. Right, Tara? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's like we just have to learn to trust God Mm -hmm. in everything and stop trying to do it on our own. Yeah. Um, That would help a lot. (laughs) I don't know why that's hard for us to Mm -hmm. do, but for some reason it can be hard for us to just trust Him. Well, and then also, Tara, you were mentioning that once you, as you were trying to, 
you know, just find your way back. I've been there, Mm -hmm. you know, of just trying so hard to find my way back. I know seven years ago when I first came to Abiding Church, I was so broken. I was trying so hard to find my way back. He was my way back, but I didn't know how to get to him. And one of the things that he had to teach me is that I have, he has given me authority. He has given me authority to use his name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, right? Everything that's tormenting us, Mm -hmm. even if we speak his name, Mm -hmm. it has to bow. Shame has to bow. Fear has to bow. Amen. And that was, you know, like, He's just been so good giving me these revelations as of even lately. And Psalm 18 is one of them. It's, it's a, a, the whole uh, chapter 18 is on spiritual warfare and mm. how we, we just got to stand on him, stand on the rock, the solid rock, because I wasn't solid. I was wavering mm-hmm. during those years because I, I kept trying to make it happen on my own. And I'll tell you a quick story how mm-hmm. I was trying to make it happen on my own. Yeah, I was so desperate. I'm like, what can I do for you, God? Because I had a works mentality from childhood. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember, I'm thinking works, right? Yes, <laughs> so. I can relate to that. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I do to get your favor, God? What can I do? And I'm like, I know there's an orphanage down the street. I'm going to grab some clothes. I'm going to go down there and cut everybody's hair, all these little mm-hmm. kids hair. I'm going to give money. So I went down there with all this stuff and like, it wasn't received. Like they just looked at me like, yeah, uh, pff, we don't need haircuts. Like they kind of like brushed me off. Like it was wow. weird. Like they didn't even want my clothes that I was giving them. And by the way, <laughs> uh, Tara is a professional hairdresser. So oh. I wanted to let you know when she's going to go cut people's oh, yeah. hair, yeah. she means business. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I told them that I'm like, yeah. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I'll, I'll do all their hair for free. You know, what can I do? And they literally pushed me away. Like, Aww. we don't need you. Like we're, we're good on clothes. We don't need, like, it was kind of like they were Aww. rushing me out the door Aww. and it really broke my heart. Cause I thought that was my breakthrough. Yeah. If I can do this, mm. then I think God will, will see me again and, and, and want He'll me. be happy with me He'll again. He can check off a good box on his list. <laughs> not one of the naughty boxes. Yeah. Don't we look at, can't, isn't it? I used to look at God like that. Yes big white long beard sitting up in heaven with a checklist yeah well there she goes again Mm -hmm. there she got well you know what i think she's gone too far (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. we felt that way haven't we absolutely girls you haven't gone too far you haven't gone too far no way um and so uh it's been over the past two years really that i've gotten a breakthrough where I'm <laughs> able to like hear the voice of God again. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Like I can read the Bible again. I'm getting words from him again. And, um, and it's so awesome because to go back to the beginning of my story mm-hmm. where God didn't want me to date, um, it was for good reason because yeah. two years ago I met my <laughs> husband and, um, if we had met Back then, uh-huh. when God was telling me not to date, we wouldn't be together. He wasn't ready for mm-hmm. me, and I wasn't really ready for him. Right. So it would all worked out in God's timing. And it's so awesome because Mike really helped me understand that I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. And he called me up. And at the time, we had been friends for eight years before we ever got married or dated. And uh, he called me up, and he's like, I just feel like God is like, He's, he's letting me feel such a love for you right now. It's his love for you that I'm feeling. And he's saying, he wants you to know that you're his. And I immediately started crying because all those years 
he told me that, right? And I was just like, oh my gosh, like he hasn't forgotten me because I really, I did, I thought I went too far mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that I couldn't be forgiven. And I'm just done. You can't go too far. Just, you know, but at the same time, you know, don't let yourself get there. Don't let yourself get there <laughs> because we do have that choice yeah. too, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when God says no and we go anyway, then that first time is, you know, it's not so easy. It's like, mm, you know, you're yeah. being disobedient, but it gets easier, it doesn't gets easier. it? It gets easier. And, and you can quench the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think God was kind of letting me have a lesson there in that too. And it, it scared me enough mm-hmm. where I was like, I think I quenched the Holy Spirit, you know, cause I'm not hearing his voice for mm-hmm. a while there. I didn't hear mm-hmm. his voice. And, you know, I think it was more of a test, mm-hmm. you know, and to just kind of keep me strong and not walking away again down the road. Um, but I, I mean, it was just, God's just so good. <laughs> you know, so it's so good because I'm just like, I feel his presence right now. And, um, but anyway, with all that being said, like just the minute you have any kind of thought that enters your mind that goes against the word of God or what he's telling you, take that thought captive right then and there. Mm-hmm. And if you're really struggling with it, then find someone in church that you can open up to that, that, you know, has spiritual maturity and can guide yes. you correctly. I didn't have that. What did that look like for you, Tara? Did you, um, try to speak with someone and did they, were they, how was their response? Yes, I did talk to some Christian friends of mine that they weren't spiritually mature, to be honest. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they, they were kind of baby Christians and they were just like, you know, well, you got to do what makes you happy, mm-hmm. you know, and that was follow your heart. Yeah. Follow your heart. And the, the, the heart's wicked above all else. Why are yeah. we going to follow that? Why are we going to follow our heart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the world does tell us to do that, right? Yeah. Follow your heart, mm-hmm. follow your heart and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And our heart will lead us astray. Or one of the things that I heard was God just wants you to be happy, Pam. Yes. You know what, you know, your kids want you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. And that's following your heart too, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's not good. And I, I wish that, um, you know, I'd had someone, I, I, you know, that I could have gone to and opened Mm -hmm. up to about things that wouldn't judge me Mm -hmm. and that I would could feel comfortable that they would keep that a confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, where that would get spread around the church and, you know, like it would just be between the two. And don't we all need people? We all need a soft place to fall. Don't Mm -hmm. we? We need a soft and a safe place to fall. And when the wrong people, Mm -hmm. uh, we go to the wrong people or we share with the wrong people and then you know, I don't know if you've had this, but I, I ha- had a situation where I shared some things with someone and it was co- always thrown up in my face. It was, I was constantly being reminded whether it was in a text or, you know, or however, coming back through somebody else that what had been said. And then yeah. you just feel that shame and it kind of takes you back down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the the enemy's ploys against us is shame and fear. If he can keep us in shame and if he can make us afraid mm-hmm. to get out of that shame or to move forward or to, really to be fearful of anything, mm-hmm. then those are really great weapons that the enemy has against us. But we have authority over that, don't Amen. we? Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
Yeah, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. No weapon formed against us. And we learn that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every knee is going to have to bow. Mm -hmm. So shame... You if you're bow. listening right now, shame, you got to bow. <laughs> you got to get off of anybody who is under the sound of our voices right now. Amen. And, and if you're under the sound of our voices right now, just open your mouth and say, shame, go in the name, in of, the Jesus. name of Jesus. And it has to go. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, I love so much what you're uh you're saying to us, Tara, and I'm also hearing how important it is for people, for Christians to be real, for us to be real with one another, because it's kind of easy to kind of throw on that little perfect mask on Sunday mornings and or wherever you go or whenever you're around other believers. And you know, sometimes we just need to, you be know, when, we need to be real. And when somebody's hurting, I mean, we are on a rescue mission, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be rescuing one another. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, it's like, we just got to really lift each other up in prayer all the time, you know, mm-hmm. our pastor and his mm-hmm. wife and their family, you know, and, and just everyone in the church praying for everyone because, um, everyone needs that. You know, mm-hmm. because, man, it's hard to find people you can talk to mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. that you can really trust. And I think we all need to be that person for someone. Boy, that's you know? a good word. We, that is a really good word. We all need a safe place to go, mm-hmm. you know, and um, <clears throat> I, I love that so much. And right now, I I don't think we are done. I think we're going to have, we're going to be coming back another day, Tara, and we're going to be going a little bit deeper into this, but I'm feeling right now that we need to make a declaration over the power of this truth that God is our strength. That God is our rock. He is our deliverer. He sees us. And so Tara, how about if you read the declaration out loud and then we are going to our listeners, we're going to repeat this declaration after you and Jesus girls or Jesus boys, if you're out there, we want you to say these words with intention that you are declaring these words over your life because that's exactly what you're doing. Your words are containers of power and they are seeds that you are sending forth that will ultimately produce a harvest. And you know, Tara, I was just thinking about, um, even in those moments, right before we go into the declaration, when you were talking about how you felt like God wasn't pursuing you, you realized later he was pursuing you, but you were also creating a harvest for yourself in those times when you were reading the word, you were, you know, like you, and here is the harvest. The harvest is Mike. The harvest is where you are right now, because even though you just stayed, you just stayed in that place of seeking that intimate Mm-hmm. relationship with your heavenly father. Yeah. And also on that, I just wanted to say too, like I, 
I had to stay like just tenacious about it. Like I had mm-hmm. to really just read the word and pray even when I didn't feel anything. Even when you didn't feel anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's so important. If you're going through something like that, just keep doing it even if you don't feel anything because I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I just stayed on it and stayed on it. And I was determined. I'm like, I am not giving up. I have nowhere to go anyway. So you were you were really declaring, you were doing this. Yeah. Tara, you were, you were sending forth seeds to create a different harvest for your life. And now you're walking in that harvest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one thing too, also when it says that God is my shield, the horn of my salvation, the horn of my salvation, when I looked it up, it's the, de- the defense mm, of my salvation. Kind of like a ram yeah. horn or, uh, or, some, or, and, and, or like, and God is like defending your salvation. He's defending it. You know, he's up there when the, when the devil's accusing you, mm-hmm. he's up there as your advocate. He's our advocate. He is. He always stands between us and our accusers. Yeah. And that, so that's, good. that's what I got from it. And I was like, yep. I devil, love you're that. Under my feet. Oh, devil, you are under <laughs> our feet. We don't got time for you. Right, Tara? <laughs> we don't got time. So Amen. we are heading into this declaration right now. And Tara, you lead us and we're going to repeat after you. Okay, awesome. Right now, I declare the Lord is my strength, my rock, and my fortress. I declare the Lord is my strength, my rock, and my fortress. He is my deliverer in whom I trust. He is my deliverer in whom I trust. God is my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. God is my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. He is worthy to be praised, and I shall be saved from my enemies. (laughs) He is worthy to be praised, and I shall be saved from my enemies. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, I hope you are declaring that, Jesus girls, because that is a powerful, powerful declaration. And what a great... What that's straight out of Psalms eighteen. Uh, 18. 18. That's right out of Psalms eighteen. So I love what you said, uh, Tara. How you just you take the word of God and you declare it over yourself. You put your name in there, mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and understanding that the Lord is your strength. So when you are weak, He is strong. I love that. Like I was weak for many years. And like when I really just grabbed hold of that, like I'm telling you, the spirit of God rose up in me so strong and Mm -hmm. scattered my enemies. (laughs) And I felt a wall come down. I felt things lift off of me. Yeah. Once I got that revelation and that I'm one with him. You're one. You know, we're one. We are yeah. one with Christ. Yes, and we are. When when the devil messes with you, he's actually messing with your heavenly Father. Yeah. And tell the devil that. And he's not going to win. He's, he's already lost. Win. He's already lost. He's, he's already lost. He's already been defeated. And you have the authority when you speak his name to tell the devil to back off. Amen. Amen. Whew, that is a word. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So right now I promise to give you a really cool stretch and it's called a hamstring stretch. Now the muscles in the back of your upper thigh are called your hamstrings. There's three of them and they are some of the tightest muscle groups in your body. They're so tight. Tara, you were just telling me your hamstrings are feeling a little bit tight. All the time. All the time. Well, And I do Pilates. I stretch every day. That's yeah. my girl. And you know, and I always have tight hamstrings. You always have tight hamstrings. <laughs> hamstrings. Like you yes. want to just go like, go, what's up with that? I just stretched them yesterday. Yeah. I just stretched them this yes. morning. Well, and it's yeah. because they're one of the tightest muscle groups in your body. And, and I'm telling you, 
these are some bad boys, good boys, because there are hamstrings and we do love them. But here's what happens when they can. So when you're, you know, when you're moving, when you're walking, you're using your hamstrings, of course. And um, so they're getting they're, They get a lot of they get a lot of activity. And when you use a muscle, what happens is it ten, it contracts. So it gets a little bit shorter longer gets shorter. So these muscles have a tendency to get a little bit shorter uh, because we use them a lot. So what happens when those muscles in the back of your thighs get shorter, they start pulling down on your pelvis, which in turn pulls down on your back. So a lot of low back pain can actually be coming from having tight hamstrings. Do you ever get any tenderness in your low back? Yes. You do. Okay. So when you, now you can sit in a chair and stretch your hamstrings, but the best way to stretch your hamstrings to get the most bang for your back is to lay on your back and grab like a long either beach towel or uh, if you have a long bath towel, put it over your arch and just hold on to the ends of that towel and extend one leg up in the air. Now, you want to begin doing this. Let's say you're stretching your right leg, then bend your left knee. So that's where you're going to start. You want to start with the opposite knee bent, then little by little by little, maybe try to straighten out that opposing leg, which is going to take you a little bit deeper into that hamstring. So it's going to start to get longer or it's going to start to elongate because that's really what we want. We want those muscle groups to return to their natural length. We want them to elongate. And so you're just going to slowly extend the leg as much as you can, holding onto the towel and then hold that stretch while you're breathing because it's interesting how easy it is to hold our breath. Do you ever do that? Like when you're working out or you're stretching or something, don't hold your breath, breathe, and then hold that stretch for like 15 to 30 seconds and then change sides. It's easy breezy. Awesome. And it's going to make you feel better. So, um, so while, uh, as soon as we wrap this up, Tara and I are going to get on the floor and we're going to stretch our hamstrings and we hope that you're doing the same thing. Tara's like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, she already told me she wants to, but anyway, Jesus girls, every time we get together, we are learning new ways to find our roar. And today it has been really a few things, Tara. Number one, taking our thoughts captive, right? Yes. We've learned it. Like, let's stop. Let's stop the devil at the gate. We're going to stop the devil in his tracks right at the gate by taking that, that thought captive and not going down that downward spiral. And if we find ourselves down that downward spiral, we've learned. Um, that's not a good place to be. Not a good place to be. (laughs) And, but before we even get to the downward spiral, we got to find somebody we can talk to. I think, yeah, you're right. Go Mm -hmm. to the Lord first and then, you know, get some, somebody to pray with you Mm -hmm. that you can trust. And we all need to be that person for somebody. Oh boy. That's a good word Mm -hmm. that we need to be that person for someone. Mm -hmm. Some, we need to be a safe, soft place to fall Mm -hmm. as the body of Christ. We sure do. And so Jesus girls, that's how we're learning to find our roar today. And, um, you know, if you need prayer and we all need prayer, don't we Tara, we all need prayer, but if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. We want to agree with you on something that you're believing for. And, 
And send us your prayer request at prayer at JesusGirlRoar.com. Prayer at JesusGirlRoar.com. And we guarantee you we're going to be praying for you and lifting you up. uh, And we'll even send you back an encouraging word to let you know that we have prayed for you. Jesus Girls, we love you. God is crazy about you. And we're going to see you next time on Jesus Girl Roar.